Welcome back to another edition of Tech Watch Radio, where we keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. My name is Sam Bushman. I have Jay Harrison with me. Welcome, sir. Hello, Sam. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, sir. This broadcast is brought to you by Network Providers, Inc. That's right, NetworkProvidersInc.com. We are your go-to IT professional. When you want to level up your IT, consider NPI. Uh, and Network Providers also is the, um, you know, we're the, we're the ones that do this show. Uh, and so you get the network professionals at Sam and Jay a lot of the time, but we add professionals from the industry and from our staff and everything else. Uh, and if you want to learn more about that, go to mpitechguys.com and you can click and listen to the podcast and read the show notes and then click again. And you can see a lot of the news stories that we roll out as well at mpitechguys.com. All right. Welcome to the show. We have got an interesting uh, little tidbit. It's like lawsuit IT going on. Jay? It seems like a bunch of companies are getting sued, and we've got the deets on it. Turns out the headline says incognito, but not very private. Whoa. Then it says Chrome updates incognito warning to admit that Google tracks users in private mode. John Bronkin with this piece, and um, I guess it's a big old lawsuit about privacy that's been going on for a while. And so warning added to Chrome Canary. You say, well, what's Chrome Canary? It's a developer version of Chrome. But Chrome Canary basically um, is uh, being added as they try to settle the class action suit. Uh, the media tried to find out if it was directly related to the suit that they were doing this or making this change, and no answers from Google. But they are updating the warning on or Chrome's um, incognito mode to make it very clear that Google and websites ran by other companies still collect your data even in private mode, Jay. That's why they say incognito but not very private. Uh, you got any thoughts on this one? Well, I, I think it's not right. I mean, they shouldn't be doing this. They shouldn't be uh, collecting any data. when you And, and it's, it would be very easy for them to do, to just turn off the reporting back and turn off whatever it is that they're, they're still collecting, where you're going, what's going on. I mean, maybe they, they probably – uh, anonymize it, anonymize it. I forget. <laughs> I don't know how you say that, but um, they probably keep it in aggregate. But it, we've seen places where it's easy to make this not anonymous anymore. You can look at uh, people's fingerprints of their browser. You can look at their screen resolution. You can look at where they're coming from geographically, and you can add all these pieces together to very easily s single out people and say, "Oh, this is this was Sam Bushman's browsing habits." We can tell. Um, and so I just I don't think it's right. I I'm really surprised. That's why I actually I like personally I like Mozilla, um, Firefox as an open source browser and and more of like a people's browser. I think kind of in that vein. Um, Chrome. You know we've seen a lot of kind of issues with big companies like Google that have had this. And so I also think that it's good to support a third party. Everything's going to Chrome. I mean even Edge pushed heavily by Microsoft is under the hood it's all chromium anyway um you know you don't have opera is chrome yeah uh, they safari built i guess a better mousetrap and now all the modern browsers are based off that general base code or code base right yeah and it's um i think i think competition is good and it's unfortunate you know you said it lawsuits and stuff 
it's unfortunate that it's like the only way that they can get things done really is to bring these lawsuits to people uh, into these companies because otherwise just exposing it, just, you know, making it known or, or bringing it up uh, rarely, if ever, fixes the problem. It, they listen when they get hit in the pocketbook. I couldn't agree more. And I, I will say this. I mean, from a knowledge point of view, uh, the whole point about this lawsuit and everything else, I don't like it when people have to go to lawsuits for this. Me neither. Now, let me give you kind of the thought process. Here it is. Many tech, tech savvy people already know that while private modes and web browsers do prevent some data from being stored on your device, they don't prevent tracking by websites or internet service providers or any of that kind of stuff. But many other people might not understand what incognito really does. And so they say this is a chance to, to make that known. Now, I agree with the push to make that known. Like, it's great for people to understand. Listen, these terms, when you think incognito and you think that you're just going 100% like cloak and dagger, like, you know, no one can ever know who you are, you're fooling yourself. Absolutely. Okay. Now, if you're saying we're not giving you authority to write to my machine like normal cookies would, okay, that is what you're doing. But understand what incognito really is. And I think the push to educate on that is really good. The push to have, you know, uh, a company like Google um, change their language so people really understand. In other words, it's clearly communicated. I support 100%. I like that. But this idea that we're going to sue your socks off and then, you know, hey, make the company pay a big old fine for their abuses. And there's got to be a middle ground that doesn't require that. I agree that. Now, but it's also different if they've really been purposefully uh, hiding the fact that they are doing this anyway. You know, if they're if they're portraying it as one thing, but they've really under the hood been hiding. I mean, there's lots yeah, they of are, ways. Yeah, look incognito and see what how it explains itself or whatever in Google. And it basically makes you think, hey, you can now browse in private. No one can know your information at all. Yeah, but, I mean, people should know. And people don't, like the general public, they don't realize because they don't know, like, IP, your IP address isn't changing. You know, you're, there's lots of other ways that people can track you. Um, and so that, that probably is still happening to some degree and it's better than not. I mean, if you're going somewhere or whatever, you, uh, you know, I think it's mostly people are using this to like hide from their parents or hide from their spouse or something than really to hide from Google anyway. Yeah. The but, only time I really use a lot of it is when I want to test something and I want to make sure I have a clear environment to test right. and, or if I'm logged in somewhere as one account and I don't want it to log me out and then have me to remember my credentials and re-log back in pain in the derriere kind of thing. I use it for those purposes so that it doesn't cross pollinate the settings to my next tab. Exactly. Other than that, I don't really use it. Yeah. Same here. But, you know, I think that um, they should be more transparent. And if this makes that happen, I think that's good, especially and I don't know all the details of the lawsuit, but especially if they really were hiding stuff in in their tracking. I mean, but I think you have the same problem. Google has a history of that, too. Right. Every company does. Google's had it has a history. Well, not Sam Bushman. Not MPI. Well, we don't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> Every large, big company generally the has problems. Companies with have this. a problem with this, and that is the point. And that, sadly, the reason for the lawsuit. It's like, look, there's no other way for us to make you play right than to sue you. Uh, I just wish there was a better way. I'm a, I'm a handshake guy. Yeah. Uh, gee, me I don't too. need a big old contract and a whatever. I'm just telling you, if I tell you I'll do it, I will. If I tell you I won't, I won't. And if I tell you I'm not tracking your information, I am not. Okay, so we we need accountability by these companies, and we need them to kind of face the music on this. And sadly, that's what the lawsuit is about. And I think the education is really important. I think it's good. I think that the, the money force issue is a little bit hardcore tactic that I don't like. Uh, but I wanted people to really understand clearly 
you know, if you think that when you go into cognito mode, that you're really like absolutely in complete stealth, you are not even close to correct. They should call it sandbox mode. That's a good way, yeah. Or you could even call it, you know, uh, no settings mode or whatever, safe mode, no settings mode or something to where, hey, you know, all your cookies and all your whatever. I don't, they used to call it be a private way to browser, that. and I think they kind of even went away from that because maybe that. It's not private. Yeah. That's the problem. So anyway, the the point I just wanted to spend time on this because I want people to really understand. That if, again, if you're not really a tech-savvy person, you don't deal with it all day, you should know these basic things because then you can be more secure in your own behavior. If you know you're in cognito mode so that you're helping your sister with something and you need to log into an account for her or whatever and, and uh, you, know, you don't want to mess up your account so you can use this separate, great use for it. If you're trying to test something and you're like, hey, every time it shows this, but I've been in here forever and I can't get it to refresh, or, but I want to just check for sure, going into Cognito is a great separate, isolated sandbox browser to do that in that sense. But if you think it's really going to make you so that you can do wrong things on the Internet and that companies can't know, don't fool yourself. Don't don't go do dark web stuff no. uh, on your browser thinking that you're incognito because you ain't, buddy. Telling you right now, you're walking around with a big old IP address right on your forehead. Probably try to cut down on all the dark web <laughs> stuff in general anyway, you know. Uh, anyway, all I'm saying is there you have it, and I, I found that pretty interesting. And to me, the saddest part about it is what level we have to go to to hold some of these companies like Google accountable. Google's have been slapped over and over and over and over and over for telling you they're not gathering your information, and then they lie, and they did, and they are, and whatever. And so, you know. Google's been around this block over and over and over and over. They obviously, and I don't know what drives these companies so much. I don't know if it's only financial or if it's just their control freaks. I just don't know where it all comes from. Well, but they seem to have this desire to absolutely control your information and lie to get it and to steal it from you. In Google's whatever it case, be. it's about advertisers. You know, they're, they're really, they make their money in AdWords and selling to advertisers. So the more they know about you as an individual, your likes, your preferences, whether it's ones that you want them to know or not, that sells. And that's where they can get the most bang for the advertiser's buck and keep the advertisers coming back. So that's their I motivation. Guess. I just cannot imagine the breach of ethics all for that. I'd rather run a legitimate company that was based on real services and products and value added to society rather than right. I'm going to leach on society. I'm going to steal from Peter to pay Paul. It's like the statement this, if you are getting a service for free, uh, you're not getting the product for free. You are the product. That's right. Think Facebook. You know, <laughs> so uh, speaking of Facebook, man, there's a big old scandal going around about Facebook right now. Uh, and I guess what Facebook does is it tells you that, hey, you know, you posted something that uh, is really politically sensitive, Jay. And therefore, what we need to do is have you log in here and do this and upload your ID and do this and do that and do all these different things. And uh, if you do that, the world's going to be good for you and we'll preserve your account. Otherwise, your account's going to be locked down. And uh, it's I don't know if you know, but there's social media uh, scams like that that are kind of phishing oriented going on kind of scenarios that are relating directly to Facebook and your account and under the threat of shutdown and everything else, it's kind of a scandal that's going around lately. There's a lot of them that seems to be popular. Another one that's really popular right now is trademark. Like, oh, you had a trademark infringement and we're going to shut you down. And if you look at the links that these guys send out, you know, sometimes they'll have Facebook near the end of the link or whatever, but the beginning of it is, is just sometimes gibberish domains or domains that they've taken over. Um, 
and I, I see I've seen this a really big uptake in Facebook doing this in the last really since probably the last two three weeks, um, and it, and it's always that like we're we're going to shut your account down and people fall for this they click on it they end up putting in their credentials or whatever trying thinking they're logging on to another Facebook page and they get their their account swiped and sometimes uh, you know uh, one guy in general that I know right now um, they the bad guys changed his password before he could. And he's lost his account, and it's an account that he's had for, you know, like 12, 15 years, and he just has to start another Facebook account. And he's tried going around with Facebook, and, you know, they're hard to get into touch with a human, and you go round and round, and you send them your driver's license and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, you just can't get anywhere sometimes with it, and you just have to abandon it. It's anyway, sad. there you have it. It is a deal. Facebook scams, they're all the rage, it seems like, uh, these days. It's just interesting how the scams just continue to morph with the people. And as you mentioned, money is usually behind it. You know, if there wasn't money rolling in certain ways or, you know, there wasn't some kind of capture of, of valuable information or finances or banking or passwords or some, uh, quote, capital, then they wouldn't be doing it. But there well, it is. I just thought would bring that to your attention. They're preying on older people, even middle-aged people. Because um, I think the young people, they don't have Facebook accounts really. They, I mean, and if they do, they just have them for whatever as a placeholder or kind of a a bookmark or, you know, so well, everything that I know is just like, I'm just not into Facebook anymore. So it's yeah. just kind of like, Hey, the wave is over, Jay. It's the we rode that dude. And it was great. Now it's we're the MySpace of yesteryear, you know, that exactly right. People are going MySpace. What the heck is that? Jay? I know it. <laughs> the Oregon trail generation, you know, they, they were, they got MySpace when they were in their twenties. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right. Um, you know, have you ever thought if I could just work for like Google or YouTube or Facebook or some massive corporate company, man, I could just like work in my slippers and hang out in my jammies and get paid real good and uh, all this kind of stuff. You ever, you probably haven't thought that, Jay, but I bet people have thought that, you know, well, lots of people think that now you can get laid off too. If you're in the yeah. Job. Well, and that is the bottom line here. It turns out that YouTube to eliminate 100 employees as the layoffs continue at Google TechCrunch with this piece and they talk about yes another series of layoffs has hit google this time at its video sharing platform youtube and i guess google across all kinds of different um other sectors of their business laid off a thousand employees just a couple of weeks ago so think about that they're eliminating 100 now, and then they did 1,000 before, 1,100 Google employees. These aren't typically your just low-level paid employees when they start working at, you know, YouTube and in their, you know, video whatever division and all this kind of stuff. You're not talking about small fry layoffs here. You're talking about families with no income and stuff. Um, there's a whole dearth of companies now uh, in the last few months that because of the economy, the interest rates are just too high, and companies just can't provision things, and it's creating a serious slowdown that is now having its uh, – effect in the high tech jay well google's got to pay for all these uh, class action lawsuits you know they got to pay the piper somehow well uh, now you're bringing it sadly to uh really where the rubber hits the road on this thing um they say this as we've said we're sponsor we're responsibly investing in our company's biggest priorities and the significant opportunities ahead by laying people off yeah Absolutely. Anyway, I guess an internal memo was sent to their staff about it and all this kind of stuff. And the, they say the good news is, though, the 100 affected employees 
have a chance at another job at YouTube, but no guarantees. We're continuing to support any impacted employees for new roles here at Google and beyond. And um, anyway, we're only like three weeks into the year, Jane. We're seeing dozens of companies with layoffs. So I wonder this hurts. if these are um, companies that are, are positions, I mean, in this company where they're working from home. Are they working in the office and in the big Google complexes? Um, I think it's both. Yeah. I mean, all kinds of companies, though, have been laying people off, Jay. It's not just Google or YouTube or whatever. I mean, l- listen, uh, Discord, Twitch, Prime Video, uh, MGM Studios, as well as, you know, Audible. Um, what is it? Duolingo? Is that how you say it? Duolingo. Oh, Duolingo. Yeah, Duolingo. Um, Instagram, Pixar. Unity, I mean, among others. It's just crazy, Jay. Uh, we're seeing more and more of this. Uh, and the, the bottom line is these companies are just struggling. I wonder and if they're I struggling think it's, it's, or if they're just clearing house for the new year. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I, you know, I wonder if Google's really struggling. I don't think they are. Uh, no, 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 no. From a financial point of view, they're not struggling. From a, what they want from their bottom line, they may be struggling, or what they want from their, you know. So uh, when I say they're struggling, you know, you've got a situation where there's interest rates that are really high now. You've got all these kind of things. So do I think Google's broke? Not even close. But I think it's a relative discussion. They're just like, hey, yeah, we'll just make. Well, look, people don't. People pay taxes. Businesses don't pay taxes. And you're like, what? My business pays a ton of tax. Not really. You just pass it along to your. It's part of your business costing, right? Right. Okay, so I'm not saying that they're suffering financially. They're doing fine. I'm just telling you that they're going to basically push it downhill when interest rates are out of control and when people aren't buying things or it's not as prosperous in the advertising world and a lot of people are trimming their ad budgets for small business, which is the core of the American dream in the first place. Then people are going, hmm, you know, we're going, we're just going to respond to the market. That's all. Yeah, so less hit business, the middle class. less employees, and boom. And now it just hits the rest of us. I think you're exactly right on that. <laughs> anyway, it's interesting to me. We're only three weeks into the year and already have seen these dozens of companies do all this and stuff. That's pretty think, shocking this quick. I think a lot of companies also, especially when you get into fourth quarter and the holidays, they don't want to lay people off. It's bad PR to lay people off right before Christmas. So some of this stuff you get, I think, pent up. kind of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, so I don't want to make it way bigger than it is, but I do know this. The high interest rates and the economy is sputtering more than people admit. You know, the, the political world wants to tell you it's all good. Don't worry. Just smile. And, hey, it's no fear. Don't 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 look around you. But uh, all I'm telling you is this is starting to affect some pretty good jobs. You know, back in the old days, they used to say tech was going to save us. And now tech, um, it's a pretty rough and tumble world uh, in many situations for a lot of people. That's true. You know, you got to keep keep developing, keep reinventing yourself and keep moving forward. Can't get down about it. All right. Um, I will say this. There is a new app out that I find pretty interesting, and I don't know if you want to call it world telling or telling about the world. It's kind of interesting. I want to get into this. Uh, The app is called Tandem, Jay. And Tandem is a new app that gives modern-day couples an app that allows them to manage their finances, quote, together and separately writes Christine Hall. 
Uh, commingling finances can be a scary endeavor, they say, for people who've decided to share their lives with each other. With people marrying later in life, a lot of times people have already established accounts before their nuptials take place and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, this one lady says, hey, I moved in with somebody and she's older. And she said, hey, I don't mind having a joint credit card and a joint account, but I got to you know, build my life as an unmarried couple because I had that for so long too. I don't want to dissolve all my accounts. I don't want to. And so the idea is, hey, we want to be solo, but get the advanced of combined financing or the, the, the benefit of combined financing. And so there's a new app to kind of address this modern idea where you, your wife would have your own separate financial lives and then you would have kind of your own joint financial life. Um, so this one lady says, I could not find an app that could focus on the financial needs of the modern couple. So her and the investor, investment maker got together and built one, Jay. The result is tandem. And it's a, uh, it's addressing the first financial milestones for together but separate lives. Only uh, in a modern world would you see something like this, Jay. I think it's a disaster waiting to happen, personally. I mean, you know, if you're moving in with somebody and, and trying to combine your, wait till you get married. Like, and if you are married, you need to be all in, you need to be together as one and not have separate finances. I think, um, I just, I think it's, you kind of perpetuate, you know, if you, if you take sides in finances, this is her money, this is my money, whatever. Um, you're, you're just setting up a deviation there that makes it easier to, to crack all the way and, and split up. Um, I don't think it's Yeah, smart. and here's your point, Jay. They talk about the details of the app, which encompasses planning, saving, and spending features. Well, that's well into the future stuff, Jay. So the question becomes, they say we're both tired of using Venmo for groceries and rent and other expenses with our significant others. And we didn't want to, you know, give up our own credit card points there. You know, I, I need to keep my credit card points. My wife doesn't need those. I'm telling you right now. Okay, this kind of a, is what credit people are thinking. Points. Oh my yeah, because what if I have all kinds of credit card points and frequent flyer miles and everything else? But I mean, you're spending you can't be your, the wife just like party on that thing. You can't spend yourself into prosperity. You, you, you got to rein her in or she's got to rein you in or whatever. And so they say tam, tandem fintech app for modern couples. Fintech. I guess that's a financial cohabitators. Great. Anyway, it's a, a little bit strange with me. What it reminds me of is the prenuptial agreement. Right. <laughs> Taken to the fullest extent. In other words, hey, we've already got a prenup, so we're not going to bring, you know, finances or whatever I leave is mine. And now what we're going to do is we're going to have this thing where we can kind of like share what we want to share when we're feeling good. But we can also then just make sure that nothing disrupts our own world when we want to pale. Even even people that choose to do this, right? I don't even think this is going to work well because of the few people that I know of that that have separate finances, like his and hers finance, they don't want the other person to re even know. Like they, they have assets or they have whatever. It's not that yeah, other person's business. You're right. And the other person doesn't know either. And so why so would let me you tell want you how this works real a quick. common app? To Users get set up on tandem in minutes. One person logs in and invites their partner. They both put all their credit cards and all their information in there. Now, listen. Right. And then it all says it, this. I'm sure. Okay. Each partner only sees what the <clears throat> other partner wants them to see. Yeah, but tandem sees so it Jay, all. So, Jay, 
your wife is only going to see what you want her to see, and you can only see what she wants you to see. I'm just telling you right now, man, these modern kind of apps, what I understand joke. the desire or desire or whatever, but I understand what they're thinking. But I'm telling you, this is disaster because they also say that couples can set up automated transfers into the shared expense pot <laughs> and designate it to certain expenses and everything else. I'm just telling you, the nuances yeah. of this is going to be a problem. It gives you the experience of a joint account without having to have one. But Tandem sees it all. Yes, they do, and that's our point, too. And I'm telling you, Tandem ain't too good at secrets. I can bet you a bottom dollar on that one. Thanks so much for listening to Tech Watch Radio. MBITechGuys.com is the website. Make it a great tech day, will you? Hey, thanks. <laughs>